Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant, and welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. Now, on this episode, I'll be spending some time with veteran Jesus music artist, Louis McVeigh. He was a vital part of the group Mustard Seed Faith in the early 70s before heading out on his own solo career during the end of that decade. Oh, and what a decade it was. We're starting out with an early Jesus music group that had a profound effect on him and so many others. Oh, 
love song on Full Circle with one of those songs that Lewis heard during those first few weeks at Calvary Chapel. They would become good friends, and my special guest, Lewis McVeigh, became a Christian himself soon after. Now, Lewis, <laughs> it's been a while now that we've been trying to set up this interview, so thanks so much for coming on the show. And we just heard from Early Pioneers Love Song. I know they were a great influence in your life. But I wanted to ask, did you do something secular before you started playing Jesus music? I was active as a musician long before Mustard Seed Faith. I began my illustrious career as a musician uh, probably in the fourth, fifth grade when the Beatles came out. The first record, Meet the Beatles, hit the stores. The funny part is, is I didn't run out and buy that record. My mother bought the record and a record player and brought it home that day and gave it to my brother and I. She goes, boys, you need to listen to this. So we put that record on and by the end of that record, we had already picked out which instrument we were gonna play. So by that Christmas, that young, I had got my first snare drum that came in its own case and my brother got it an electric guitar with a little amp. So it wasn't even a full drum set, but I would use one stick to hit the case as the kick drum and then play the snare, boom, bam, boom, boom, bam. And so we started a band right then and right there. And by the end of that year, we were already making money playing junior high and then into high school. And it just went and it went and it went and it went. By the time I got to uh, my senior year in high school, I was now in what was considered in some ways in the Santa Barbara area, which is where I was from. I was in the, the, the most popular band of that whole area. And we were playing clubs and making good money and doing all kinds of stuff back then. We had a three-piece band. I was actively doing that until the end of high school. So at the end of high school, that band kind of fell apart. And there was like a, a year went by and um, I got drafted. Now, I had already gone for my physical and all this other stuff, and I was getting ready to be shipped out to Vietnam. The only way you could delay it is if you had a deferment to go to school. Well, I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't interested in anything about the Lord, but my brother was. He was a year older than me, and by this time, he had come to Southern California over here at what was called mm -hmm. SCC, a Christian college at that time. And uh, he pulled some strings uh, because I couldn't get into school to avoid the draft anywhere in Santa Barbara. And they got me in at the last second at this crazy Christian college so that I was able to go to the draft board and buy myself six months of a deferment just to kind of catch my breath before I shipped out. So now I'm surrounded by Christians, right. including my brother. And guess what? They're only down the street from what? Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. So guess where they started dragging me? Galway Chapel, Costa Mesa. That's where <laughs> I first saw or heard Christian music like that. And it was the band Love Song. And uh, went up there and oh talked my. to those guys and stuff. Was amazed by that. And just, it was amazing. But I still hadn't made the leap yet, right? But I, I, was, I was fascinated by the fact that these guys were so legit and so sincere. And, and I loved the music and they looked like me. And I felt so you know, kind of confused, but exhilarated at the same time, because you could tell something was going on. So long story short on all that, I found the Lord hiding from the draft temporarily. I was going to stir my country, no doubt about it, but it was like you know, 1970, 
72, 73, everyone was done with that war. And, and But people were still going over there and getting shot. And a lot of my friends did. So I was just hiding out. All of a sudden, where I was hiding was like in the belly of the whale. Like Jonah got spit up at Cali Chapel. And here I was within four months of being at this school. Bingo. I'm in, a, I'm in Mustard Seed Faith because the girl friend I had at the time knew Odin Fong. And she told him, oh, well, my boyfriend's a drummer. Because, you know, I told her, oh, yeah, I play drums and da 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 Part of my claim to fame, you know, to try to win her over. So she goes, oh, this guy, this Chinese guy wants to talk to you, Odin. And I was going, oh, I got, is he a Norse god? Who is this guy, right? Odin, he's named Odin. So I met Odin. Uh, we hit it off. He goes, would you like to audition? I said, well, sure. I go, but I don't have a drum set. He goes, no problem. I got one. So I went and auditioned, didn't even have a drum set at the time. We, we just hooked it up, we loved each other, and all of a sudden I found myself in a working, traveling <laughs> band, just yeah. like that. So, you know, I, I went the long way to tell you all that, but yeah, I started early, and then all of a sudden God had prepared me to be this guy for those guys. Well, that's quite a beginning. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, I'm talking with Lewis McVeigh from mustard seed faith back in the early days there weren't a lot of christian bands we mentioned love song but uh, what were the other secular groups that influenced you lewis it was the beatles it was the rolling stones it was all those musicians of the 60s you can just go band after band after band i i liked them all i mean i i listened as a as a really small guy even the late 50s into the 60s i had a little transistor i would listen to music but not like i did when the Beatles showed up. Then I was listening and, and I, they had my full attention. And so it would be all the, the rock and pop bands of the 60s and the 70s. Richie Furey, uh, Buffalo Spring, Springfield, one of my good friends right now. Oh man, I listen to them all the time. Larry Norman, huge. Uh, Randy Stonehill, of course. Um, I would even say Andre Crouch and the Disciples. I mean, those guys, I heard those guys and that you couldn't do rhythm and blues better than those guys and just bring it into the church with such power. So many influences definitely from all over the place. I felt like there it was, you could feel it coming together just before it hit. There was these songs that were kind of pushing out there that you'd go, wow, that's really cool. That sounds like the Lord and it sounds legit rock and roll. And all of a sudden, by the time we got to the early, early 70s, it was just like a dam ready to break. And it just, it seemed to be breaking, not just in South, Southern California, it seemed to be breaking everywhere at the same time and just for one purpose, and that was to get the gospel out. I could name many bands, but the influence that was happening was the Holy Spirit at that time. You could feel it. You could just feel it wanting to do something and it just did it all of a sudden. There was people everywhere coming to hear this music and they were hearing the gospel. And all of a sudden, someone like a Greg Laurie who you know, people see Greg Lloyd today and they're like, oh, wow, he's got the big church and he travels around. Back in the day, he used to travel with us and we would play and he'd come out and preach, right? Or it'd be Tom Stipe, who we just recently lost. Uh, we shouldn't say lost, he's moved to a new location, but Tom Stipe, Greg Laurie, uh, Mike McIntosh, these guys would be the speakers and we'd go to colleges, we would go to high schools. We really weren't accepted in the church at that time. In the early uh, 70s, when this started, we were suspect. Everyone had their own views about stuff, but the kind of music we were doing, a lot of churches were not ready for it, but the 
the kids were, they were totally ready for it. And at that time, we didn't get locked out of colleges and high schools. We got asked to come. So we played mostly those kinds of venues. It wasn't like, oh yeah, we just went from church to church. to church. No, nobody would have us. They thought we were of the devil. We didn't look right. You know, they probably didn't think we smelled right. I don't know, but they didn't like us. And so we took it to the streets. I remember once we went all the way to Lake Havasu uh, because it was uh, Easter break and we played for the Hells Angels. Those were our kinds of audiences back then. And here's one of the first tracks that Lewis played drums on for the band. Looking back to 1974 from the sampler album Maranatha 4. This is all I know. And when I come back, we'll review the memories of a classic project that ranks number 34 on CCM's top 500 albums of all time. I've heard the wisdom from the wisely wise heard the stories of men who have died in their glory of their spiritual lives heard the teachings of men who have lied Christ and Him crucified for me about the sins that I did commit for which Jesus died on that tree. This is Lewis McVeigh from Mustard Seed Faith, and we're taking you back, way back, to where it all began on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. So let's talk about the landmark album from Mustard Seed Faith that you were involved with. 
I remember getting my first copy and being so blown away by the cover art from Rick Griffin. I mean, it's just so amazing. And as we all know, the album Sail on Sailor charted at number 34 in CCM's top 500 albums of all time. Well, that's one of those things where I still marvel over it myself. At the time, one of my heroes was Rick Griffin. I grew up with him through the 60s. I used to read Surfer Magazine. I knew it. I knew who he was. I, I knew he was a fantastic psychedelic artist from San Francisco. There's probably not a record made throughout the 60s and 70s and even to the 80s that Rick didn't do. Jimi Hendrix, the Stones, Jackson Brown, the Eagles, it goes on and on and on. This guy was such a fabulous artist and so well known. So here we are, I'm a Christian, I'm in this band, and all of a sudden one day we're playing a concert somewhere and Odin goes, oh, I want you to meet someone. And I turn around and it's Rick Griffin standing there. And he goes, uh, Lou, this is Rick. And I go, I know who you are. And, and he goes, I really like your music. He goes, and I was like, are you kidding me? And he was coming to all our concerts, right? So he's standing right there and he's looking at, and he goes, when you guys do a record, I'm gonna do your cover. And I'm going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I know it's him, so it's gonna be awesome. So he was a fan of the band, right? So we had a bunch of songs and, you know, I had this one song I had just written as a response to Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. One of my favorite albums of all time was uh, was Holland by the Beach Boys. And on that record, they have a song called Ceylon, Sailor. And it's this, this beautiful song, but so sorrowful of this sailor, you know, just being beat by life and, and out on the seas and just trying to find his way. And it's, it's heart-wrenching. He's searching and not finding anything. I actually sat down and wrote this as a letter to Brian Wilson, thinking no one would ever hear it. You know, I just wrote it, you know, sailing over the ocean in search of life's mysteries, you know, torn by tears and fears, forgotten dreams and rusty memories. Sail on, sailor, till you find what it is you're looking for. Trim your sails and turn your ship around to the Lord. I was writing to Brian Wilson. So I wrote this all down. I got the whole song done, played it for Odin. They all loved it. Rick Griffin loved it. And so long story short on that one is, is uh, that ended up becoming the central focus. And, you know, we had other songs done there that were kind of had a nautical thing going on and we kind of had that whole vibe going anyway. But that kind of became the, the focus, right? And Rick seized upon that. And we went in there and looked at that painting when it was done and I, I was speechless for days. I saw it when the, the the paint was still wet. And you're looking at it just going, oh my goodness. And that artwork compared, uh, put together with that music, catapulted that record into another place. I mean, we would have gone somewhere, no matter who the artist was and had a certain amount of notoriety, but that cover unlocked doors for us like nothing else. We are, we are listed in all the greatest album covers of all time. Billboard magazine, when our record came out, said, look, even if you don't like the music, you should buy it for the cover. You got to. And so it, we were always in that thing where it's like that thing is out there. And now here's the other part. I know for a fact, Brian Wilson heard the song. I know for a fact, 
because people that know him talk to me. And in fact, when he first saw it, he looked at the cover and said, this should have been our cover. So you got the Beach Boy, Brian Wilson going, hey, we got robbed. These guys got it. So, you know, I know my message went straight to Brian. He, it, it did. It was an amazing thing. I have a friend that used to work with someone who worked for Elton John. They said, oh, we saw your record in Elton John's collection. This record has gone out around the world and done so many things. And one of the amazing things is was that artwork. So without further ado, here's the title track from that 1975 landmark album in Jesus Music History. Mustard Seed Faith and Ceylon Sailor on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Search of life's mysteries Torn by tears and fears, forgotten dreams And rusty memories Sail on, sailor Till you find what it is you're looking for Trim your sails and turn your ship around Sail on, sailor. Mustard Seed Faith with Louis McVeigh on lead vocals, my special guest on this episode of Full Circle. Now, in 1978, Louis did release his first solo album, and man, I was intrigued by that cover as well because of the theme. The title was uh, Spirit of St. Louis, and the cover art had Louis in a flight jacket, leather helmet, goggles, 
sitting in the seat of the famous Spirit of St. Louis airplane that so many of you have seen in the museum. And I'm wondering, how did that thing ever get off the ground? Pun intended. <laughs> well, that was an interesting record because at that time I had so many songs and, and I thought, well, you know, if we're going to take a break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a record. And actually Rick Griffin was involved in that. Uh, Kearney Erickson was the guy who actually did the artwork, but Rick Griffin was the art director on that. You know, I pitched in the idea of Spirit of St. Louis, spelling it with my name, L-E-W-I-S. And I, but Rick came up with a lot of the other stuff, you know, so that was very cool. So in 1978, those were the songs that I had at that time. I thought, well, this is what I'm going to go with. Now, how I got the picture, you say the, the, the original plane is in Smithsonian, correct? Well, at that time, 1978, there was an exact copy built by the same guys in San Diego at the Aerospace Museum. And so I was working on this record, right? And I was working with Maranatha Music at the time. And uh, I felt this urge inside, you know, you need to go get that picture. Cause I, you know, I, I want to get it done, right? I had gone down there, I scouted it out. I saw that it was there. I got permission to do it. And I thought, well, I need to go do that. And I call up Maranatha and they're going, no, no, we're not ready to do that yet. Blah, blah, blah. I felt so strong about it. I said, I'm, I'm going to go down. Spent my own money, got my own photographer, went down there, I did a shoot. That's, you know, all the pictures you see on the record and all that stuff, it's awesome. They even gave me some pictures that we used, you know, for the for the back cover and stuff like that. Jerry, within two, three days later, the aerospace museum burned to the ground in San Diego. The plane was gone. I would have never been able to do that shoot. Uh, I was just another one of those amazing things where you're going, I'm sad, so sad that that happened. But the time, I, I felt this urgency of you, you got to go now. You got to go right now. I went and I got it, and that's the only thing that's left of that plane are the pictures they gave me and the pictures I took. Wow. Well, the plane may be gone and lost, but it's not forgotten. And it just so happens that one of your songs on the album is called Lost But Not Forgotten. How did you come to write that song? Lost But Not Forgotten for me is like, I didn't write it as a children's song. But when I finished it and listened to it, I thought, man, that, that's the kind of song I would want to sing to, to kids, you know? And it was just this story. It just, it follows that little story of the lost sheep and how, how the shepherd is counting and noticing he's gone and then leaving everybody else and looking for him. And the sheep is scared and, the, and he gives a shout, comforting shout, and, you know? This frightened young one, you know, who's fear of, fear and doubt and scoops him up. It just was this little, almost like a nursery rhyme to me in some ways that just rolled off my tongue like that. And I wanted that storyline to come out. And when it was done, I thought, well, this is like my children's book, my, my story that you, you could play this for the kids, kinda. I wasn't trying to be a, a pop star. I was just trying to write that song and get it right, get the storyline right. Way up on a mountain in a faraway land, a shepherd tended a sheep. His heart is heavy, his mind is upset While his flock is asleep He counts again to racing and die But the bird is the same One lamb is straight away
Mustard Seed Faith, and you're listening to Classic Jesus Music on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Welcome back. I've been talking to Lewis McVeigh from Mustard Seed Faith on Full Circle, and I'm taking you back to where it all began. You know, I was just thinking as we heard the song Lost But Not Forgotten. That song might be for someone very special listening to this episode. Even though you've known the Lord, my friend, and stumbled and lost your way throughout the years. You might have even stumbled across this classic Jesus music radio show. But you are not forgotten. Sure, I want people to hear the classic oldies, but I also have another ulterior motive. (laughs) I want you to come back home. I want you to know his love again. It's been there all along, and he's inviting you back. Some people go to my website to support the show because they want the message, this very important message to get out. If you'd like to be a part of that, go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And don't leave out the Jesus. At the very top of the webpage is a donate button. All gifts are tax exempt and thanks. Let's get back to the interview with Lewis McVeigh. I want to thank you for coming on the show again, my friend. You know, sometimes I just wonder how long is it going to take folks to awaken to the goodness of God and his mercy? And I remember you wrote a song called How Long Conveying That Same Thought. How Long? It was just another one of those songs that I, I, I've written where you're just going to your friends that, that just don't believe yet. You're just crying out to them, how long is this going to take before you see what we see in Jesus? I mean, time back then felt like it was almost over. And here we sit now in our, our 60s and 70s and going, man, if he's coming back. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. But I, we've always had that thing in our heart, that longing that 
wanting people to wake up. And that's one of the songs that they took off of uh, Coming Attraction, a song called Wake Up. So if your listeners ever want to hear that, and I have that on Bandcamp under my name, Louis McVeigh. That's one of the original songs that got taken off. And, and it's How Long, Wake Up. It's, I have many evangelistic songs like that, just wanting to kind of prod people, shake people's attention and, and get them focused that this life is so short, it's gonna, it's gonna evaporate in, in a moment. Wake up, see the Lord, and how long is that gonna take?
know, the patience of the Lord is beyond amazing. (laughs) But today is the day of salvation. Please, please respond to his love. Talking with Lewis McVeigh, in 1980, Mustard Seed Faith released limited edition. So what's the story behind that album? Well, the story on that album, uh, we'll back it up a little bit. And Mustard Seed Faith had a really long run before we even kind of got our, our 1975 record out. Then we continued on to about 1978, and then we were ready for a break. At that point in time, I did a solo album, Odin did a solo album, and we were just taking a breather. So by the time it rolled around to about 1980, we decided, you know what? Uh, we wanted to go as Mustard Seed Faith back on the road and do something. Well, we had a ton of songs that didn't make it on Ceylon Sailor. We had a, a couple more songs that we just had written right then. So we, we thought, well, we were gonna do a project just for the tour. So that's why it's called Limited Edition. And it says Mustard Seed Faith, Limited Edition. And we were gonna do different colors. There was a black variant, there was gonna be a red variant, there was gonna be a blue variant, there was gonna be a white variant. So, you know, this first run of 5,000 water is black and then red. So we looked at it and went, well, let's use this one. We'll take that Well, This was on a compilation, so people haven't heard that, we'll put it on here. So it was, it's kind of like looking into the, in the demo box and what you had and just go, well, let's make it really good and special for the people that come to our concerts. Well, so many people kind of wanted it and we had done it on such a limited basis. That's why a lot of people haven't heard it or they, or they go, wow. I, I, it wasn't like we were trying to compete with Sail on Sailor. We just wanted something to hand to these people besides Sail on Sailor at our performances. So that's how the record came together was just for that purpose. So it never really got very far because one of the distributors that we had distributing it pretty much took all the money and all the resources and left town. So we were left kind of high and dry because we got through with the black run. Then we started the blue run. About halfway through the blue run is when they skipped town with all the money. And so we said, well, I guess it's limited edition because we got no more dough to make any more records. So let's just move on. And like us, we never pursued anything. It was like, oh, let's sue this guy. No, we didn't care. We just said, you know what? That's what happened. Whatever, let's, let's keep going. Well, one of the songs though that left an impression on me because of the imagery was Fault Line. And it also had kind of a Steely Dan vibe to it. Tell us about Fault Line. Fault Line was one of those signs I wrote for that record, um, limited edition, 1980, limited edition, Must Have Seed Faith. And it, I think maybe we had had a few earthquakes or something at that time, but I, it, I got the little groove thing going first and got that little chorus written in my head and I was going, yeah, life's like living on a fault line, you know, waiting for the first sign. And all of a sudden the song just became about all these little calamities, these things that we go on. You kind of, we're always waiting until there's a problem. And I wanted to get the song going, well, don't wait till there's a problem. The problem's right now. You don't know Jesus, hop in. You know life's like living on a fault line, waiting for the first sign. Oh, 
Line on Full Circle. And helping out on the track, my friend Hadley Hawkinsmith on electric guitar and Harlan Rogers on keyboards, both of whom would form their own Christian jazz outfit known as Koinonia a few years later. And Hadley went on to become the guitarist for Neil Diamond. Okay, one more song. Louis, what can you tell me about the song Lost Inside Your Love from the reunion album? I think my listeners really related to that song. I like that one too. I, I thought that one even could have been more. We kind of blew through those songs pretty quick, even when we did them. You know, I've even sometimes thought about going back and remastering or re- redoing some of those songs. But that was one where I was just trying to express that in my relationship with the Lord, sometimes I get lost in it. It's just, it's so huge. It's not just tippy-toe, tippy-toe, oh, did I mess up today? Sometimes you're just walking with the Lord and you're thinking, how did I get this? How did I get so much? Why why me, Lord? Why am I so blessed by just knowing you? So to know the Lord is not to just try to do your best and be good. It's to actually have a relationship with a living God who loves you. And, And once you realize that and come into even a little bit of a knowledge of that, you're lost. You're, you're, there's there's nothing but elbow room with the Lord, man. He he just envelops you.
A catchy tune I wish Christian radio would have picked up on back in the day. Mustard Seed Faith, Lost Inside Your Love, written by my special guest, Louis McVeigh. Now, in 1984, Lewis released his second solo album called Coming Attraction on Heartland Records. And he had some songwriting help from Bill Batstone on a few of the tracks, and one of the songs was I Need You. Lewis, share some of the thoughts about that song and the album as a whole. The song I Need You is an interesting song to me because when I first did Coming Attraction, I didn't have a label at the time. So I actually recorded that entire record in three nights. They're almost like live performances, really. It's almost like a live album. And so we did it three nights in Hollywood in 1982. That'd be with Bill Badstone, that'd be with all, you know, a bunch of pros. All my pros were there for him. We knocked that thing out. And it was done, mixed and ready to go. And I, at that time, because, you know, you've heard the record, it didn't necessarily lend itself to some certain formats at that time. It was just, it was a little difficult for me to find a label to take it. So that by the time I found the label, it was now 1984. So I have the whole masters, I give it to them, but they wanted to take two, three songs off the record, which they did. I wrote, I need you on the airplane going to Florida and two other songs on the way there because they had taken two, three songs off. And I Need You was one of those songs. And I, it was kind of inspired just by the fact that I needed a song, you know? And I and I was going, Lord, I really, I need, it wasn't just that I need a song. It was, well, I need you, Lord. And all of a sudden there was the song. It just started flowing out like that. And so that song's done. You know, just this passionate thing of going, how do I do this without you? Obviously I can't, especially when I need you most and I need a song right now, boom, the song came out.
My special guest has been Louis McVeigh from Mustard Seed Faith. You can connect with him on Facebook at Louis McVeigh or check out his music on Bandcamp. You can check me out as well at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. All support is appreciated. It's tax-exempt. On the webpage, there's a donate button at the very top, and all you have to do is ask the Father what to give, either one time or monthly, and push the button. <laughs> Simple as that. Frank Cimino became a friend of Full Circle with his support and suggested this episode featuring one of his favorite early Jesus music bands. Now let me tell you one more thing about Lewis you may not have known. He also helped start and run ASAF Records for artists like Chuck Gerard, Kelly Willard, Paul Clark, Rick Wakeman of Yes. And one of the first releases on the label was from Louis McVeigh's old bandmate, Odin Fong, called Come for the Children. And I thought we'd end the show with this classic title track. Produced by Jonathan David Brown with some searing lead guitar work from Hadley Hawkinsmith and backed by former love song drummer John Mailer. Come for the children.
Say thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky. Let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circles recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.